Effective communication is important because it helps identify your place in business decisions and personal decisions. Welcome to Communication Matters with Deborah Malnix. Anywhere you go, with everything you do, wherever you live, and whoever you know, communication matters. Now, here's your host, Deborah Malnix. Hello, everyone. My name is Deborah Malnix, and I am the host of Communication Matters, a show that focuses on the importance of communication, not only in business, but in everyday life. Every success starts with communication, and we will discuss how others have used communication in their careers to their advantage and how you can use communication to your advantage as well. Today, we have a very special guest, Eric Jones, head of the Community Partnership School in Philadelphia. Community Partnership School is a private and independent inner city school for children, pre-K through fifth grade. It provides independent, high-quality, affordable, early education for inner-city children that stresses not only academics, but positive life values and the importance of communication in today's world. Eric attended the Union Theological Seminary, where he received a Master of Divinity in Religious History, and also Georgetown University, where he received a Bachelor of Science, Theology, and Sociology degree. Eric was a teacher administrator at Northfield Mount Hermon School, director of diversity at the Bullis School, director of diversity and community life at the Episcopal Academy prior to now heading Community Partnership School. Eric has a long history of teaching, learning, and communications, and we are thrilled to have him as a guest on Communication Matters today. Welcome, Eric. Eric, it is so wonderful to have you as a guest, and I will tell you why. Um, one of the areas I've, I've really interviewed many people, and they have been adults, and we've talked about the importance of communication in their lives and in their jobs. And what I really like about what you do is the importance of communication at an early age, that communication isn't something that starts as an adult Communication is really something that you begin to learn as a child and developed. Can you tell our audience a little bit about what you do and the Community Partnership School, and especially how you feel communication plays a part in the success of individuals? Sure, sure. Well, first, Deborah, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's great to join you in this venue. I always enjoy our chats. So do I. Um, so. Community Partnership School is, uh, as you mentioned in the intro, an elementary school, although we start in the early childhood years with four-year-olds. And we are located in what has been for generations now, one of the poorest zip codes in the, well, not just the city, but the state of Pennsylvania. That's evolving, interestingly, with the onset of some gentrification that's been uh, setting in the past few years. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how things evolve. But yeah, my school is really, from a, a mission standpoint, focused on providing broadened access to opportunity for families that are on the socioeconomic scale at the lower rungs uh, of the ladder and tend not to have easy access to quality, what we might call, you know, quality, high-performing schools. And so we intend to stand in the gap between the lack of access and the drive, the talent, 
that exists everywhere, no matter the zip code, no matter the community. Uh, and we start in the early years, as you mentioned, you know, with the pre-kindergartners and, and we go through fifth grade and we do that intentionally, you know, to capture early learning benefits that I think come with the kind of broad sense of wonder and curiosity that all human beings, most human beings that I know of at least have uh, when we are in our youngest years of life and really trying to set children on a path that leads to lifelong well-being and success, an important part of which is, you know, learning how to engage the world, how to communicate well with my peers, with adults, really how to pro- providing hopefully our kids with skills, with tools that sets them up to really make good on whatever it is that they can conceive of for themselves. Well, you know, it's interesting because my field is communication, and I've always felt that when you communicate well, you're really able to engage. Oftentimes, what I call it is the human connection. You can connect with others. And when you can connect with others through conversation, you have an advantage because you have connected to that person. You have connected in a way that someone who can't communicate clearly will not have that opportunity. And if you can do that successfully and clearly and engage the other person, I think it is truly one of the most wonderful things you can do because Mm -hmm. it engages the other person. Mm -hmm. You connect with another person. And I think this goes back probably to our very beginning when we walked out of caves. Our ability to connect with others enabled us to form communities. It enabled us to form families. It enabled us to form villages where we work together Mm -hmm. because it starts with communication. And I feel that today, many people are not getting the kind of communication skills they should, which is one of the things I admire about Community Partnership School, because you stress this. For our audience who might not be familiar with the school, the first time I was there, I will never forget this. We had a little bit of a conversation about the school and its goals and objectives. And then afterwards, Eric said, now let's see some of the classrooms. And he opened the door and these students came in and this little girl, she must've been in second grade, came over to me and took my hand. And she said, I will show you around. And I was in awe. And Mm -hmm. she took me and she took me to the classroom and she said, now I will introduce you. And she introduced me to the students and said, and now we could ask a lot of questions. And I was so amazed that someone so young was so comfortable with adults in a leadership role at her age in Mm -hmm. showing the school. And I have never forgotten that. Mm -hmm. I think that is one of the reasons I am so impressed with Community Partnership School, that one instance. And I think throughout life, as we go and experience a variety of things in life, it's certain things that impress us about an organization, about the leadership, about the staff, about the executives, which makes us feel close to that. So I really admire that. And I see that more and more when I have longer exposure to your school. And I think that you're working with children at an age where it's going to make such a critical difference. Let me ask you a question. What do you think one of the most important lessons would be for young people to learn about communications? Fundamentally, 
it connects to something you just talked a little bit about. I do believe that when it gets right down to it, human beings, we are more ourselves in community than we are in isolation. When we see ourselves reflected in those around us, those uh, with whom we're connected and, and, you know, we engage each other in ways where we're not just seeing mirrors, but windows onto more than maybe we would necessarily understand just on our own. In community, that's really where we, I think, develop a stronger sense of who we are. And at the same time, we develop, I think, connections with those, with the world around us. And so, yeah, one of the things that we try to do with our kids, I mean, any school, worth its salt is doing reading, writing, and arithmetic as well as it can. I mean, those basic building blocks for, for life and for citizenship, learning something like literacy, numeracy, learning how to add, subtract, and to build from there, learning something about the story of my neighborhood, my nation, the world, etc. All these things matter. I think also it's just as vital for us to help students, to help young people as early as we can understand something about self-awareness, social awareness, what it means to engage those around me, to, to work as a, as a member of a team, of, of a group, to be actively involved, to self-regulate, to, to be able to dig in even when it's not easy. And I think that that is one area where communication really plays a critical role. Sure. When you're on a team, how you communicate to others really ensures not only your success in having them work collectively together, but it ensures the success of the project. I think that people don't realize it's not only verbal communication. This this program is about verbal communications, but that includes other communication as well. Your facial expressions are a part of communication. Your body language is a part of communication. Your verbal communication is the most obvious, but how we sit, if we're yawning, if we look bored, that is all a part of how the other person registers. I I couldn't agree more, Deborah. And and this is like, it's all interconnected, right? Like, If I'm engaging someone and it's hard for me to listen, I am not able to not just verbally hear what they're saying, but I'm misreading the nonverbal communication that's going on. If if we can't get in alignment there, it's going to be hard for us to communicate well. We'll just be talking past each other. I think similarly, if I'm in a place individually, personally, where I'm not having a good day, or I'm just off for whatever reason, makes it that much harder to engage someone in an open way or in an authentic way. So I think what we do in terms of cross-communication is informed by where I am in terms of my sense of, of, of wellness, my sense of well-being, right? I am better positioned to engage others well when I'm in a good place or when I can work through the inevitable challenges that come up in life. All of this works together. You said one of my favorite words, you said authentic. 
How many times have we talked to people and they are basically reading from a, a prepared script and they're talking to you as if they're trying out for a theatrical role mm-hmm. and you disengage because it sounds so fake. Mm-hmm. It's just as if they are, you will have the same speech as the next hundred people they see. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is an emotional connection that is so important in conversation. And that emotional connection is part of being human where it makes us feel good. If we connect with what someone is saying, it yeah. makes us relate to the situation. When we touch somebody in a way where we can have them see exactly what we are verbally describing, they're getting a much broader experience. For sure. And, and I'm wondering if, because we're dealing with students here at a young age, do you see a problem with how they communicate, the way they communicate, or do you feel that the students in your school have the ability to really communicate well? You know, in working with students, I sometimes, I sometimes see students who want to express themselves, but they don't know how. They right. just can't find the right words, or they say, well, you know what I mean. And I might not know what they mean. <laughs> and, but, you know, they'll say, well, you know, it's just important for me to pass. Do you know what I mean? Well, why? Why are you taking this course? How, what have you done so far? Tell me a little bit. Tell me, give me the ingredients of your reasoning. Do you feel that today's students, and you have a very, very broad background in education, that students are really not doing as well as they could in communications? Or do you feel that they are able to express themselves? Yeah, it varies, probably as it has throughout time. Our species has been trying to communicate. Yeah, sometimes it works well, sometimes not so much. I think as adults, we can do a better job of modeling what healthy communication looks like, what authentic communication looks like. I think in our society, the adults do, frankly, a poor job of providing examples and then fostering environments where kids can develop the skills and the tools. And so in my school, that's what we try to do. And doing it in developmentally appropriate ways is important. But what I love is that with the age group we work with, generally speaking, they've not gotten quite jaded like adolescents can, you know, in those teenage years. You know, I'm too cool for school quite often, you know. And and with our age group, everything is cool. Just about if the adult in the space or the maybe the teenager, because we have teenage volunteers who come and help us out, especially in our after school and our summer program, if they're really into it, the younger kids are like, well, this must be cool. And they're willing to give it a shot at least. And I love that. And so what that does is it provides us with, I think, the best kind of clay, so to speak, to work with young people who are willing to give it a shot. And so what we work on from there is, you know, providing our students with opportunities Mm -hmm. to stand and deliver and to receive feedback and to receive affirmation and a round of applause from time to time, whether it's in the classroom, the individual classroom, or every Friday we have what we call community meeting. It's the one time each week where the whole school gets together, or even like we have our big spring gala coming up soon. We'll have students front and center 
in all of those spaces, providing them with an opportunity to deliver, to engage, to shine, to receive affirmation. I mean, I'm going to be more inclined to try it again when I know that somebody is cheering for me, when I know somebody actually wants me to do it, believes in me. You know what I mean? All of us need somebody. And and as you're talking, I mean, it's such a wonderful speech of, of positivity. How did you reach the point of where you are so comfortable with, with speech? I, I have many adults I work with, and they're not comfortable speaking at all. Right. And I think that you express yourself not only very clearly, but you speak often on behalf of others who might not be able to do that as well in order to give them confidence and to, and to present an example of how they can be able to tell exactly what they need. What is your background with communications? Were you always an outgoing student or someone who really had a lot of examples of communication around you? Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's, it's evolved and being in different kinds of settings has been informative for me. And in, cert, in certain settings, I've been encouraged to stand up and, and exactly what I described about what we try to do with our students at, at Community Partnership School, I've had that modeled uh, in the best of circumstances, whether it's been in certain schools and certain workspaces being given opportunity and then being affirmed, being given uh, advice and guidance that encourages me to not just learn what I could do better next time, but to try again. And then I've been in other settings where I felt silenced. And so I know what that feels like. Or in settings where the expectation is that you will be present, but that you will listen, you know, and be given direction and that you will, and then you'll follow what you're told to do. And I'd much rather be in the former mm-hmm. kind of uh, environment. I'll tell you this, I think for me, so my parents, I, I told you about my school, where it's located and what our mission is. I grew up in a very similar community in Washington, DC. And my parents who didn't graduate from high school had enough foresight to try to make sure that I was in settings around people who were modeling the kinds of lifestyles, behavior that they wanted me to embody, that they wanted me to to live into. And so through the, I, I was a Cub Scout, Boy Scout. I did a whole lot of had a whole lot of opportunity through uh, our recreation center in my neighborhood. They did sports activities, artistic activities through my church as well. Growing up, we would always do something around Easter and something around the Christmas holiday, a play. And I would, my my parents would make me be involved (laughs) in that and different mentors through other social networks that I was able to join again, because my parents felt like, well, even though maybe we can't show you, we believe that if you're in those settings where people are doing things that we envision you becoming or living into, you'll be more apt or more, it'll be more likely that you'll follow suit as well. The birds of a feather kind of approach to, to child rearing. 
what you're stressing is that the more exposure you have and the more opportunities, and you can create your own opportunities. You could be with a group of friends and you can be the one who explains what exactly this friend is trying to say to the others who are saying, I have no idea what you're talking about. There are opportunities to be better communicators throughout life. And I think when you take advantage of those opportunities, you build your own success. Because mm-hmm. so many people today, they say, oh, I, I, I'm a terrible speaker or, you know, I just can't say exactly what I want. And I, I do believe that the more often you say that, the more you will become that person because mm-hmm. you basically become what you believe you are. But it sounds like your parents gave you great opportunities and exposed you to a lot. And you're in communication all the time. I mean, you're talking to staff, to other educators, to the students. What do you feel is one of the most important aspects of effective communication? Well, a number of things, but two things come immediately to mind. And, and I like alliteration. So they, they both start with the letter A, A words. One is agency and the other is authenticity, what we talked about a little while ago. By agency, I mean believing that I can, being willing to step out and give it a shot. That's easier said than done, especially when I'm in settings that are unfamiliar, but that's how we learn. And that's how we, I think, develop the kind of skills and instincts that facilitate over time a kind of success uh, or confidence. Mm -hmm. We have to be willing to give it a shot, realizing that sometimes we're going to get it wrong. We're going to make a mistake, (laughs) you know? An important point, which I feel very strongly about. And if something doesn't work, I always hear people say it failed. And I always say, why did you fail? You learned. Mm. You you learned that that might not be the path that you should take because it it didn't work out for you. Or a relationship, it didn't fail. You learned that that was not the right person for you. People tend to use the word failure in many ways. And I always think that if you substitute failure with learning, you didn't fail, you learned. You learned that that might not be the best for me. Or you learn that I could have said it a different way that might have made a different impact. So every time people say they failed, try saying I learned. I learned something from this experience. I agree. I think, I think the words we use have power and, and bring, as you said a, a few minutes ago, they, they are life-giving. We are using words and speaking in ways that I think are negative or deficits-based, I think more often than that, that's the result we get as opposed to speaking in a life-giving way or an assets-based way. And, and so, yeah, I think the fear of failure is a lot of times what limits our ability to be proactive in our growth. You know, like we all evolve. If we're living, we evolve. That's a natural thing that happens. But do I take the bull by the horns and facilitate my development, right? And that's what I think engaging with agency is about. And so co- good communication, I think, is connected to that as well as authenticity. I mean, I got to give it to you the way that I have. It. You know what I mean? Like I use my hands a lot. If folks could see us talking now, you know, I gesticulate all over the place. I, I turn my face up in all kinds of ways. 
And sometimes in certain settings, I have to explain to people, like, I, I just, this is, I grew up in a house where this is what I saw from my parents, what I saw from my mentors and my older siblings. And it's just natural for me to engage this way. That's not everybody's style, though. I mean, let me tell you, I have an aunt who cusses all the time. I mean, <laughs> I would not put her in front of a group of distinguished people necessarily because they might walk out clutching their pearls. But she is such an effective communicator and one of the most loving people I know. She's just got a, a salty tongue. But she's giving it in an authentic way. And as I mentioned, not only do I believe she's one of the most loving people around, she's one of the most popular people in our community, in our neighborhood, and certainly in our family. And so we got to give it the way we have it. And that's not always going to be received in the way that we intended. And that's not a failure. It's no. a experience. But no. one of the things that I love about our conversation to, today is that you keep on going. You keep on trying. Mm. You keep on doing it in different ways. You don't stop. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you become. I can't tell you how many people I have talked to who always had a fear of public speaking. They said, after you've made a speech on stage a hundred times, let me tell you, you have no fear. It's like you want to get up there, deliver the message and get out. You're not even <laughs> thinking of being nervous. And I think that's true in just about everything in life. The more often you do it, the better you'll feel, the more comfortable you will become. And well, Deborah, let me tell you, I get, and this is not everybody, I'm not suggesting that this is something everyone should 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 seek or something that makes sense for everybody. For me, when I feel at least some tinge of nervousness, mm -hmm. of anxiety before I have to, you know, whether it's in front of hundreds of people or just engaging in certain settings with just a few people or anywhere in between, when I feel anxiety, I embrace that because it really helps me focus in. In those moments where I don't feel anxiety, I get a little bit concerned because, <laughs> and, and I have to focus in in a different kind of way right. because I don't want to come across as lethargic or passive or somehow inauthentic, like I'm not taking you or this situation seriously. But if I feel that nervousness, that just helps me stay grounded. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I think becoming a lot of, of what we're talking about too is becoming comfortable with yourself. And, you know, so many people look up to others and say, I want to be like that, which is great. But I always say, be like yourself first. So mm. then you could take attributes of others and aim for that, but you have to have a core. Let me ask you a question because we're coming to the end of, of the time. And I really love many of the things that you have said. If you were giving advice to someone about speaking better or speaking clearer or being able to better communicate their thoughts and give their feelings and their opinions, what advice would you give them? There are all kinds of things we can do to work on our diction, on how we enunciate. That's important. That's important. If, if I am going to be in a role or in a position where I'm communicating on a regular basis, I need to be understood. <laughs> Hard to be heard if people don't understand what in the world I'm trying to say. 
But again, I think it starts from an authentic place. I have to give it like I have it and then be willing to receive feedback along the way. I think that also then layers in some humility. I mean, I could do public speeches for a living, but I always have to be willing, whether it's in some kind of formal or public setting or some kind of personal, less formal, no kind of setting. I think humility about feedback, and it doesn't always come in ways that we would want it or maybe that would feel the most affirming in the moment, but there's always a lesson to be learned from the feedback. So staying open, remaining open to what we receive in return, you know, and hopefully learning lessons, taking, I I have a mentor who says, look, Eric, when it comes to feedback, eat the meat and spit out the bones, you know, (laughs) you know, sorry for any vegans and vegetarians out there, but you get the, you get the idea. And that is the beauty of of life in so many ways. There are always people you will meet to connect immediately or people who don't. But the beauty of life is that you have the ability to pick and choose often. And if Mm -hmm. you don't, what's the worst thing that could happen? Mm -hmm. Simply that you just, that advice is not for you. And you learn, you learn that that might not work. And I think that the more you work on it, the more you actually speak to people, the more comfortable you become and you'll find that people appreciate it because you're being clear about what you would like or your intentions. And, and you know, wouldn't this, wouldn't this be a better world if we yes. could do it more yes. consistently and effectively? I'll tell you. I think every person who is human has a basic need to connect, but the more often you do anything, the more comfortable you will feel and the easier it will be for you to do it. You have been a wonderful, wonderful guest. I loved your enthusiasm. I loved your, you know, your, your energy, which is a wonderful energy. And it's so obvious that not only do you enjoy communicating, but you enjoy what you do. And I think there are so few people who can say that honestly and openly that it makes me happy to be able to say you are a wonderful example of someone who is comfortable with themselves. And I think when you're comfortable with yourselves, you can connect so nicely with others. I appreciate that, Deborah. The, the time just flew by. Where'd it go? It does. You know what? I'm always supposed to limit this to like uh, maybe about 30 minutes, 40 at the most. And I keep thinking I could keep talking all afternoon. <laughs> I think that's what the station is terrified of. She'll just keep on going and going. It'll be six hours. She'll still be talking. That's right. Part seven. Yes. <laughs> but it is. It's, it's really, it's just so wonderful. And, and you're such a good example of, of teaching others to really connect. I think that connection is one of the most critical things we can have as part of who we are as humans. Nothing starts without a conversation. And I have to applaud you. This this. You know, I mean, you are such a wonderful, wonderful pillar at Community Partnership School. I see how much the students really value you. I I see how what you offer to the school. It's really wonderful to see an honest exchange of emotion and love and examples that really form the basis for the lives of so many So I compliment you on the job you do at Community Partnership School and obviously say, keep up the great work and keep on talking.
Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate you, Deborah. Thank you so much. You're the best. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. We will be back again next next week, next month. Don't forget and look for us on the site, Voice America Radio. And I thank you all for listening in. Keep on talking. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Communication Matters can be heard on the Voice America Business Channel. Check and listen for new shows every week. Until our next program, keep the communication going.